Welcome to the York Story Slam podcast, where we feature select stories from our monthly open mic storytelling events in York, Pennsylvania. On July 20th, seven storytellers share their stories with our audience for our virtual slam. The theme for our July Story Slam was Great Escapes. We heard stories about narrowly missing trouble with the authorities, escaping from undesirable circumstances, and even one story about being terrified on a kiddie ride at Dutch Wonderland. In the end, our winner was Tracy Neal, who shared her story about how she overcame her fear and found a way out. So I once had a fear, and this fear became something I had to escape. I had one dream at five years old. I wanted to be a writer. I knew that this was what I really wanted to do. So as I got older, as a teenager, I fell in love with poetry. And I said, wow, this, this is going to be me. I'm going to be a poet. But I allowed fear of being misunderstood to stop me from pursuing my dream. So for 10 years, I decided I'm going to try to be an elementary school teacher. And within those 10 years, I tried to pass the Praxis II exam in my state, South Carolina, to be certified. I could never pass it. I would spend those 10 years failing 10 times. It never stopped. So I felt, oh my goodness, I'm, I still want to write, but I had this fear of failure. So I kept going. And despite my flaws, despite all of my pain, I still went on. After the 10th time, I said, I'm done. I'm not going to try to be a certified teacher. I'm going to pursue my dream. And I did it. So last year, I started my business, Tracy Neal Speaker Poet Brand. And from there, I did radio. I booked myself for 22 radio shows, including Our Heart and Voice America Empowerment. But I said, I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to keep going. I got into newspapers and magazines. And this year, I got into the New York Times for my letter to the editor. So all of the fear that I had, that I felt like I couldn't escape, once I decided to break free, that freedom gave me that great escape. And from there, I kept going. I wrote books. I started a children's book series called Lynn Learns Lessons. And now I am showcasing it to different locations throughout South Carolina. And I am telling kids to go after their dream. And I tell them, who is going to stop you from achieving your dream? And some of them say, oh, your boss, your parents. But then some will say, me, I can stop me from achieving my dream. So I tell them, then don't let yourself stop you. Don't hold yourself back because it's only your fear that will not let you go as far as you can go. So I say all that to say, no matter your fear, no matter what I went through, I overcame it. And now I am free from my great escape. Thank you. Tracy earned a spot in our Grand Slam in November. 
Next up, we have Jackson Gilman, who shared his story of spending the night in a jail cell. Caging an animal can do a real number on its psyche, perhaps turning it catatonic or perhaps vicious. I know, because for nearly 10 hours, I've been there. After college, my buddy Jim and I had been doing tree work in Maine, where I lived at the time, and uh, the time had turned for us to turn, go pro. So to be a licensed arborist in that state, you have to pass an exam, and it's given once during the winter in Augusta. So we didn't want to take any chance of missing that exam, so we took the precaution of going to Augusta the night before this early morning test and scoping out where the test site was. And then after we saw where it was, we figured uh, it's going to be too cold to camp out in the back of the pickup truck, so we're driving around looking for lodging on the cheap. And while we're in the neighborhood, uh, hey, hey, Jim, look, there's a police station. They should be able to steer us in the right direction. And, you know, sometimes I, I, I heard that if people are, it's really cold out and people are hard up, they, they even let you stay in the station overnight. Can't hurt to ask. So no sooner had I made inquiry than the desk sergeant says, Two lodgers! Uh, well, we're not lodging. We're actually taking an exam uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning right down the street. It's, hey, when the night shift ends, 6 o'clock in the morning, you're back on the street. Hey, we're in, all right? Wallet! As I give it to him, I feel like he's taken away my identity with it. And now we're low-life lodger one and two. What, are they going to lock us up and say we're going to hang ourselves? Jesus. Yeah. They booked us like we were criminals. And then they prod us down the hallway, and I'm like going, move. And we go behind this first set of doors, and when those steel doors clang, there is no turning back. And we're led down and down these stairs into what smells like Hades. Only the cellar jail is this puke green color. And we're ushered into two adjoining cells. We can't see each other, but we can hear each other. And Jim says, great idea, Jax. <laughs> well, we saved some money. You know, we'll be out at 6 in the morning. We'll grab a few breakfasts. We can even walk to the you know, site, it's just eight hours, how bad can it be? And I look at the commode, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, it is bad. I mean, if this jail cell was given a, a rating like stars in a hotel, this would rate like four turds. Uh, there's this poor beast in the pen next to me. It sounds like he's dying of anthrax. Or, <laughs> what are you in for? Being a cheap bastard, I guess. You know, and I'm supposed to sleep on this hard slab held up by these chains and the fluorescent lights are buzzing really loud like a plague of locusts. There's one window up at street level. I can't see anything out of it, but every once in a while I can hear sirens going by. And the stench is overpowering and people are hacking and it's so oppressive. It's like, oh God, just keep it together. It's just eight hours. 
oh man, I, I, I'm not going to get any sleep, and I don't. It's the kind, if I get any winks of sleep, it's disturbed by these really weird dreams, like I'm I'm stuck in a tree with iron limbs, and I'm using my pruning saw to try and cut my way free. You know, just just keep it together. Don't lose it here. You know, and after what seems to be like you know eight days. Oh, hey Jim, listen. Up at the window, through the window, you can hear traffic's picking up. It must be morning. They're going to let us out any minute now. Jim? Yeah. Well, after what feels like, you know, eight, eight weeks, you know, I'm thinking, Jim, they, for, they forgot about us. We missed the exam. We, we got to escape from here. We, we got to get out. We, 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 we got to at least get their attention. Yell with me. You and me. Come on. Really let's yell. Yeah, you know, we're two trapped animals, and I think, I'm afraid, Jim is going fetal on me. I just, okay, I'll yell myself. Hey. 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 We're, we're not supposed to be in here. Good luck, buddy. We're not supposed to be in here. Fuck me out at 6 o'clock. Get us out of here. As soon as two officers come in, I'm like a little puppy that's peed the rug. And they look at me and they, they, say, they look at each other and say, Nice you didn't tell us there were lodgers. What time is it? 7.45! We race as fast as we can to the test site. We get there in the nick of time. We've had nothing to eat. We've had hard, no sleep. There's a lot riding on this exam. We're not going to find out in, for a few days in the mail. We get it. We both aced it. But more important than what I, we learned to pass that exam is what I learned spending one measly night in the Augusta Huskow trying to keep it together. And Mandela kept it together for 27 years. Our final story on this month's podcast comes from Mark Lentz. Mark shared the story of a particularly treacherous wintertime backpacking trip. Good evening. Thank you for coming. I'm Mark. Okay, my great escape. In February of 2010, a friend of mine, Dave, and our oldest son, Cody, we decided that we were going to go on a little backpacking trip. And we were going to climb to the top of Mount Marcy, which is the highest mountain in New York State. We were going to go partway up and we were going to dig a snow cave and sleep in this snow cave and then go to the summit the next day. Well, that winter was a lean year for snow. Just so happened, though, that the weekend we left, I took a personal day for Friday. There was a nor'easter coming. So we decided to leave Thursday night <clears throat> so that we could be in the Adirondack Mountains, Lake Placid, by third Friday morning, and then climb partway up Mount Marcy. Well, the storm starts coming in. My personal day got canceled because they canceled school before the morning even came. And <clears throat> we started driving through Pennsylvania. By the time we got through north of Harrisburg, it had started snowing. Oddly, it was not snowing here in Great York County or Lancaster County. 
Well, we kept driving and it kept snowing. And it was one of those snows that it looks like you're in a spaceship shooting a scene for Star Wars as the snow's coming at your windshield. Well, the governor shut down the roads. We're on the interstates. We keep driving. And I remember somewhere between Pennsylvania and New Jersey, we stopped at a gas station just to top off our tank to make sure we didn't get stuck without gas. And we pull open the door to the gas station to go in to get some coffee. And it was blocked by inches of snow. Snow goes rushing in the door and there's all kinds of people inside because the interstate was closed down. There were only a few idiots still out driving on it. Of course, the three of us were among those idiots because we had to escape. We had to get to this mountain. And it was snowing, just what we wanted. The snow goes rushing in the door. We get our gas, we get our coffee, and back out into the blazer we go. My buddy Dave had an S10 blazer that seemed to go through everything. So back on the interstate we go. We get to Mount Marcy, no problems. His blazer was amazing. So it's morning time now. We're sleepy as can be. We took turns driving and sleeping and, you know, we were too excited to really sleep because it's this great adventure that we're on. We put on our snowshoes and my buddy Dave's a little doppy sometimes. He falls over a couple times on the way up the mountain because of his snowshoes. Of course, Cody and I are very helpful. We took pictures and laughed at him trying to get up with his backpack on snowshoes. You're kind of like a turtle. Because it's hard to get up with snowshoes on. Um, But we get up, and the snow is fresh. I mean, there are literally, there's literally feet of it, not just inches, feet. So we find a, a snow bank and we start digging into it. Well, the snow being so fresh, it wasn't compacted yet. So the the roof, the ceiling of our snow cave kept falling in. We planned ahead for that. Our oldest son, Cody, plans for everything. He's a planner. Um, And, you know, he doesn't overlook anything. Well, he brought this big piece of plastic, heavy gauge plastic, and he put it over where the roof had fallen in. And so we had a plastic roof for the night. He carved out little beds in there, benches in the snow. And that's what we slept on. It's amazing how warm it is in this snow ditch. And it ended up being a cave because it snowed a little bit that night, kind of covered the plastic up. And we had great cell phone reception, too. It was unbelievable. So we slept the night, got a really good night's sleep that night. The next day we got up, there were no tracks going up the mountain. We were the first people, fresh snow. We had to bust the trail to go up through, you know, We all had our snowshoes on, which is hard work. Well, Cody being the youngest, of course, we put him in the front most of the time. My buddy Dave and I, who's my age, two weeks younger than me, yeah, we're old and smart. So we stayed to the back and let him go up through and follow in his tracks. Well, as you go up the mountain, the trees get shorter and the snow got deeper. And pretty soon, we're hiking beside what seemed to be these like one-foot trees. It was actually the tops of the trees. The trees were about 10 feet tall. And it started snowing again. It was whiteout conditions. 
we couldn't even see the peak. We had to find a peak using GPS. All of a sudden, I fell through up to my armpits and my feet are dangling and I'm held up by my armpits. The snow had collapsed around the branches of a tree and my feet are in the air and I'm supported by the branches in the tree and I couldn't get out because every time I would lift my feet up to, to try and climb out, my snowshoes would catch because they, they would drop down and catch and I couldn't get out. I thought for sure, like, this is where I'm going to die. Armpit deep in snow, no way to get out. And the problem is, is you get cold in there because I was sweating. Now all of a sudden I'm buried with snow, surrounded by snow. So Dave and Cody start digging, start digging. About 45 minutes, they finally get me out. We find, we're back on the trail. We find a peak using the GPSs, and there's a plaque there. We scrape off the plaque. We take pictures and all this and that. And we come back down the mountain that same day, and we pass people going up. And that was our great escape. Today, my son Cody, he's a legit mountaineer guy today. Last week, he just got back from Mount Rainier. My friend Dave went with him. I didn't go because my knee's not ready yet. But he promised me someday I will do Mount Rainier with him. And I can't wait to have another great escape with my oldest son. All the winners from this year's Open Mic Story Slam events will return to compete for the title of Best Storyteller in York. Updates on our events are available on our website, yorkstoryslam.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can also follow us on Twitter, as well as on Facebook, and watch videos of all the stories from our events on our YouTube channel. A big thank you to our 2021 sponsor, KBG Injury Law, whose generous support is making this season possible. We hope to see you virtually or on stage soon. Thanks for listening. This Story Slam podcast is produced by Carla Wilson of Wilson Media Services. Theme music composed and performed by David Wilson. You can learn more at wilsonmediaservices.com.